0: it's good to see you all getting ready for Thanksgiving hey um, it's really amazing uh, what we heard first service so I'm very excited for you to hear my friend Di Lehman (laughs) she has um, you know how Georgian made a deposit of joy in our church well Di has something to deposit and um, just be ready to receive Di is an author She's a speaker. She is a prayer warrior. She has got giftings out the wazoo. I personally was so encouraged when I came into understanding that the gifts were real. When we moved to Champaign, Illinois, became part of the vineyard, Central Illinois Vineyard. And it was there that I learned how to minister like Jesus. We call a. It's a course that we call Doing the Stuff, and you learn parts of it in Vineyard Basics, and most of it you learn in Sockham. So I went to this course a, a couple times, and I knew it was coming. There was going to be an invitation to receive the Holy Spirit, to be baptized, to be filled. I knew that he resided in me. I belonged to Jesus, but I knew that he wanted me to be experience him, So I finally got the nerve to go up forward, and Di prayed for me, and the Lord gave me this gift of a heavenly song, and Di has this amazing way of celebrating and encouraging, and she was just so excited. It just, just, yeah, it really encouraged me to see someone celebrate what God was doing in my life. So... I want to introduce Di Lewin, my friend, over 25 years now. I'm just so thankful for you. Love you. That. Yeah, more power.
1: <clears throat> well, good morning. I guess it's afternoon already here. <laughs> well, back in Champaign, it's only 1116. <laughs> and it, at exactly 31 years ago today. November 24th at 11.15, 11.16 a.m., I gave birth to our fifth son. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, what do you know? It's a good memory. We have had a just incredible weekend here with the Kingdom Pursuit Conference. And... Of course, we love Van and Lori. We've had a relationship for a long time. For those of you who haven't had a long time relationship with them, you are 100% blessed to be at this church. And they are awesome leaders who love the Lord, who love the Holy Spirit, and they're just faithful to what God challenges them and invites them to. So you are blessed, and we are grateful to know them as friends. Now, um, I'm going to kind of continue the theme of the conference in a little way, but how many of you were here at the conference? Oh, a lot of you. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Name of the conference, of course, was Kingdom Pursuit. And I'm going to talk about Kingdom Collision today. So in the spring of 1970, um, my boyfriend, Happy, had just graduated from the University of Illinois. And he was sent to Fort Polk, Louisiana, as part of the National Guard training. And I finished school uh, on campus at the U of I, but he left me with his most prized possession, a brand new royal blue Camaro. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. He'd barely driven it before he had to leave for the six months, but he left it with me. And one night I was driving across town, on campus town, going to my waitressing job, And I was late, as usual, and I may have run a yellow, somewhat orange light, and crash. Oh, you know the sound. It's a terrible sound of, you know, metal, crunching metal. I'm like, no. Oh, especially with a brand new Camaro. Well... It was really horrible. Uh, You know, he had trusted me with this, and trust me, Happy was not happy. Now, no one was hurt, thankfully, except the Camaro. And (laughs) it was. But uh, Happy and I, in August of this year, just celebrated 48 years of marriage. Yeah, so all that to say... uh, We've survived a lot of collisions since then, (laughs) much more serious collisions, and my message to you today is we have a God who restores, who redeems, who heals, (laughs) who can handle those collisions. But the collisions are real, and I want to look at this whole idea of kingdom collision, and that is the we live in this integrated realm of heavenly beings both evil and good and then natural you know human beings and there are collisions taking place all over the place and i'm sure many of you are aware of that and so i want to open our eyes just a little bit more today to see that world a kingdom collision seeing the world anew and i want to give you a biblical picture now It's going to get a little bit complicated. I mean, first service kind of looked at me like, so (laughs) just hang with me, and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit because he's a much better teacher than I am. Okay? So, Father, I am grateful for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your word because these truths are in harmony with your word. And so come and open our eyes today. Open our hearts Make Jesus bigger, better, and more beautiful than we've ever seen him, and our hearts desire to worship him with all of our lives. And we welcome you here, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So spiritual beings, the biblical picture shows that spiritual beings, both good and evil, are are very real. On heaven, In heaven, in in the heavenlies, and on earth. Now, that was shocking to me uh, many years ago. But I'd been a Christian for about five years at the time. And, I mean, I was very, like, uh, University of Illinois, rational, logical, linear. And then I met the Holy Spirit, and he opened my eyes, and I went, oh my goodness, there's a whole other realm out there. I mean, of course, I'd heard of angels. I didn't really believe in demons. I knew Satan was some sort of character with a red you know, uniform and pitchfork or something, but I had no idea <laughs> what was going on. And I'm so grateful for the Lord's opening my eyes, and he continues to, because this is a really, really important realm. And you know, it's important to know, though, just to set you at ease, while there are these collisions taking place all the time, we already know the winner, okay? Jesus is king. And while the enemy and all of his forces have been defeated, they have not departed. And that's why it's so important for us to see and to know how God has equipped us and empowered us to continue the work that he sends us to do. You know, without fear you know without like focusing on the devil but with knowing no wait a minute there's more going on here than some of us even you know are aware or like to acknowledge but you know there's all the good forces you know most of all the holy spirit but there's all sorts of angelic forces they're here today i don't ever have the privilege of seeing them with my natural eyes but i know you have people here who do And I believe that, and they're behind. Many of the miracles that happen, answered prayer, deliverances, very important. You know, we're not alone in this. (laughs) And then there's real forces behind the evil. You know, the evil in our culture, whether it's violence or racism or sexual immorality or even things like teenage rebellion. There's real evil forces behind. I don't say that to you to scare, remember? defeated, not departed. And so we want to learn, how do we deal with that? And especially if we want to continue to do what Jesus sends us to do. So quick story uh, on teenage rebellion. <laughs> so we have four sons, one daughter, uh, but you know now they're between 31 and 40, so they're quite a bit older. But back uh, when one of our teenage sons was in high school, he was a great kid, actually. Uh, Uh, worked hard in our lawn business. He, uh, great family kid, you know, got along with his brothers, worshiped. He was an athlete. I mean, really a great kid. And we noticed rather suddenly his behavior shifted. And he started doing things that were totally out of character. He started drinking, getting caught drinking on the country club golf course. He was minor acts of vandalism, but, you know, the police actually showed up at our door on that. He started skipping school. His grades plummeted, and we're like, what is going on? Well, and as parents, of course, you know, we're doing all the things that you're supposed to do, right? You ground, you take away the keys, you know, you... Try to do the consequences, and nothing, nothing, nothing was working. Well, one night, he had defied curfew once again. So I'm like, I'm staying up. Happy went to bed. He trusts God. (laughs) So I I stayed up. I stayed up, and he walks in. He's late. And I got in his face, and I said, what is going on? And it was then that as I looked into his eyes... I was dealing, I knew, I was dealing with something far more sinister than just bad choices. Now, I also knew that I wasn't about to deal with it at 1 a.m. in the morning, and I wasn't going to deal with it apart from half. Now, I wasn't afraid of it. You see, I know what Jesus taught. Luke 10, let me just read this to you. I, I was well acquainted with what Jesus taught, and I experienced the reality of this. He's talking to his disciples, and he said, I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his, Satan's kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Don't you want to know how to walk in that authority? Okay, listen up, okay? (laughs) So, The next morning, I shared with Hap what I had discerned, and I said, I'm going to pray about this, and just, you know, again, we don't have a formula. You you don't like, okay, do these five steps. No, no, no. You always stop. Okay, Holy Spirit, what's going on? How do we handle this? And so I sought the Lord, and he pretty quickly said to me, yes, you're dealing with a, a demon, and this demon actually has a name, which, I mean, he doesn't always do that. And he said, the name of this demon is the spirit of the fool. I'm like, whoa. He goes, yeah. You know, all those texts in Proverbs. And one, he highlighted, the fool finds his fun in doing wrong. Wow. And so... Happy and I approached our son. Of course, he's a teenager. And when you go to pray deliverance for, you know, someone that can make choices like that, you need their cooperation, okay? You need him to say, yeah, I want to be free. And he actually did want to be free. He, you know, God gave him the grace to say, I want to be free. And we, you know, commanded that spirit of the fool to stop oppressing him and to leave. And yes, there was remarkable change in his behavior, Now, it took a few more months, and of course, we had lots of conversations. We continued to have consequences, but the point is, that was a definite shift in his behavior, and you know, I'm just going to take a slight rabbit trail right here, and I just want to say, parents, (laughs) and this isn't to scare you. There are real evil forces after our children. Okay, I have 18 grandchildren, so I have a whole lot more to pray for, to to look to the Holy Spirit for protection and revelation and deliverance, and he's faithful to do that. But I'm faithful to continue to trust him for that. I don't, we don't deal with things just on a logical, natural level. We, we do that too, but we, we're, we're not dualistic. You know, it's not either or. No, it's both and. It's good parenting. It's good prayer. It's you know, good discernment. Now, I've made a lot of mistakes in this area, okay? And I mean, Happy and I went to the extremes. Like when our kids were being raised, I'm like, nope, you can't watch Scooby-Doo. It's about ghosts. No, I, you can't watch Smurfs, you know, like, or Care Bears. No, I mean, we kind of went over the top, okay? So we, we've we since told our children, you know, okay, we're sorry. We, we we went a little extreme, but, you know, maybe you guys should, like, institute a little bit with what your kids are doing on those tablets, you know? Oh, I better not meddle there, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just a grandmother, you know? Yeah, No. So I ask you, have you had situations in your life where tough things were not resolved on just a natural level? You know, maybe with medicine or therapy or counsel or good choices, okay? Well, guess what? There could be, you know, an influence of that whole other realm of the evil one over which we have authority. And yet, if we're ignorant, as the Bible tells us, then we're going to be duped. Don't be ignorant of his devices. (laughs) Okay, so some of you might be also, you know, you're aware of the angelic realm and all that they can do. And so, I mean, I think most of you in this church would be there. Now, we live in a very um, university-oriented town, and you have a lot of universities here too, but University of Illinois, you know, uh, a top 10 university university. Yeah, I know, the Ohio State is here. Nevertheless, (laughs) um, nevertheless, you know, we get a lot of pushback. Again, we're not your normal evangelical church, just like you aren't. And when people come and they start being introduced to the Holy Spirit or some of the concepts I'm even going to talk about today, they're like, "Mm," you know, we don't want to get weird. We just want, we're going to stick with the Bible. have you read the Bible? It was pretty supernatural. So even if you discount a whole lot, (laughs) if you are a born-again believer, you believe your Savior was born of a virgin, that's pretty supernatural. (gasps) You know, not to mention all the miracles he did, but the fact that he was crucified on a cross, buried for three days, rose again, ascended into the heavens, and says someday you're going to fly away or stay here if the new heavens come here. (laughs) We won't get into that. So What's my point? We have a very supernatural God. We have a very supernatural world. And the sooner we learn to see it and, and to flow in it and live in it, that's what our Father wants for us because he has an incredible plan. It's a plan that he's had from the beginning, that we, as his sons and daughters, made in his image, would rule, reign with him, and continue to reflect who he is wherever we go. That was his original purpose. And of course, that purpose got thwarted. But what I want to do now is I want to show you um, an incredible, just little clips we're going to watch here so you can sit back and relax. We as a church, we did a whole series on Kingdom Collision, and we found a very valuable resource. They're going to flash up the um, QR code there for you. You can take a picture of it with your phone. And it's called The Bible Project. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Bible Project videos. Okay, they did a whole series on um, the spiritual realm. Very insightful, very well done, not kooky. Uh, good scholarship they cooperated with a very uh, elite scholar Michael Heiser to produce these and so what what I'm going to show you here now is to give you a picture maybe that you weren't aware of of all that's involved in this spiritual realm let's watch
2: For most of human history, people have believed in some kind of spiritual realm that exists alongside the world as we know it. Right, and the biblical authors are no exception. Yeah, for them, the spiritual realm is a different kind of realm than ours. And to highlight that difference, the Bible refers to God's space as the sky or the heavens.
3: Because the sky is really different from the land. It's above and beyond. And up there are shiny bodies that move around. I think of these as flaming gas balls.
2: But when the biblical authors looked up, the stars gave them a way to talk and think about spiritual beings. In the Bible, they're called the sons of God or the rulers and authorities, or even sometimes the divine
3: council. So that sounds really important. What does the divine council do?
2: Well, they're introduced in Genesis chapter one, where they're called the host of heaven. That is the sun, moon, and stars. And there, they're also called signs, meaning that their power and status symbolizes and points to God's power and status.
3: Yeah, so in Genesis 1, God appoints them to rule over the day and night. Exactly. And then later in the Bible, we're told that they were
2: celebrating God's power and creativity when he created the world. Like the cheering section of a game. Yeah, right. There are also stories in the Bible where God invites the divine council to participate in making a decision.
3: But why does God need a team? If he's powerful enough to create the whole universe, he could surely rule it without any help. Well, he doesn't need them. But
2: apparently, the God of the Bible wants to share authority with others.
3: Oh, right. God shares his rule with human partners on earth. And so, in the same way, there's a parallel story of God sharing his authority to rule with spiritual partners.
2: Yes. For most of human history, people...
1: Okay. So the exciting part about that is you know, we're not left by ourselves, even though obviously we have the Holy Spirit living in us, but there's this whole host of other beings. Now, they were there in, you know, in creation before... Man and woman were created, and they have different names, divine consuls, sons of God. And as you begin to read the scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to begin to show you this or like tap into some of the resources that we mention, it's like, whoa. So not only did God want to partner with man and woman, he wanted to partner with all these heavenly hosts, these sons of God, this divine consul. And that was his original plan. And then, you know, we know things went terribly wrong so in the garden you know one of these beings shows up right satan and obviously something has happened because he's no longer god's cheering section so let's watch this next clip
2: that is until it all falls apart in a twin rebellion so you have humans who want to rule on earth on their own terms so they start building their own nation using their own definitions of good and evil yeah the famous
3: story of the building of
2: babylon But check this out. When biblical authors like Moses or Isaiah looked back at the origins of Babylon, they saw more than just a human rebellion, but also a spiritual rebellion.
3: What was this spiritual rebellion?
2: Well, there were members of the divine council who, like the humans, didn't want to represent God's authority anymore. They wanted to be God, and they rebelled. And so these created beings deceived humans into worshiping them instead of the creator. And so Babylon becomes the biblical image for the combined human and spiritual rebellion. And so God scatters the people
3: from Babylon into different
2: nations. And in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says this is when God also scattered the rebels of the divine council with them.
3: So the nations are handed over to spiritual rulers.
2: Yes, and this is why when the biblical prophets look out at the violent empires of their day, they see two dimensions to all the chaos and injustice. Human rebels who are being corrupted by the worship of spiritual rebels, the idol gods of money,
3: sex, and military power. Yeah, when humans give their allegiance to these powers, it leads to a world like ours.
1: So there's a lot there that I'm not going to take time to explain, but this is what I want you to get. That, you know, there are real gods of money, sex, and, and power, and, and a host of whole, a lot of other things. They were originally, you know, in the heavenly host, you know, part of the divine council, even sons of God. And yet, they rebelled. Why? Well, like humans, they wanted to be like God. <laughs> so there was a twin rebellion, humans and spiritual And the spiritual rebellion then ended up infecting all the other nations, okay? And it wasn't just a matter of bowing down to a wooden idol or a golden idol. There were real spiritual beings behind these gods, behind these idols. And that means you deal with it a little bit differently. Like it's on a much more serious level, right? And why does that matter? Because they're still up to their same shenanigans. You know, they have been defeated, which I'm gonna get into in a moment, which is the grand story of redemption, but they're not departed. They're still tempting people in all different arenas of violence and sex and power and money. I mean, didn't Jesus himself say, hey, you can't worship two gods. You know, you, you, you can only serve one God. You can't serve both God and money. He's not just kind of like, oh, money is a kind of God. No, there's a real God behind money. And when we worship the one and only true God, when we give our lives to him in adoration and obedience, guess what? His way is best. The father really does know best. You know, he's not giving us restrictions or instructions, you know, to like spoil our party He's actually saying, you want a healthy life, a happy life, a powerful life? Do it my way. I want you to know, disobedience is dangerous. We have a whole Bible that records for us what happened under the old covenant. And then we have, you know, even under the new covenant, Paul having to give us admonitions about, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't, don't worship other gods. Don't give yourself over to these gods of money, sex, power. They're very real. Maybe some of you have experienced that. Let me just tell you a quick story from our life. So, Happy and I obviously have been married a long time. And for the most part, we've had a good marriage. But like any marriage, things go up, down, right? (laughs) You have all those different struggles. But We have a pretty good marriage, and about 20-some years ago, um, in our church, we just had like a whole wave of people who were struggling with their marriages, and we were counseling people and praying with people and going out to dinners, and I, I started having a super like critical spirit. I was just done with it. Like, what is their problem? Why don't they get their marriages together? Why can't they be like us? Why can't they just love each other? And I know that's wrong. That's wrong, but I was like totally worshiping the God of pride and self-righteousness. And then, suddenly, almost like it had happened with our son, there was a, a, a whoa, I woke up one morning and I was irresistibly attracted to another man. I'm like, whoa, what, what is that? Now, if any of you have ever had sexual temptations, which I'm sure there's people here who have, whether that's, you know, another male, uh, another woman, you know, outside of marriage, in marriage, a homosexual, I mean, whatever. all If you've ever had a temptation of any kind, you know the power of that spirit. It is almost irresistible. Like, it... it, it like, it defies all reason. Of course it defies reason. We're not dealing with something on a reasonable level. We're dealing with something on a much deeper, broader spiritual level. And I, I would say to myself, but you're know, like, I, I can't act on this. I've got five children. I, I'm a pastor. I'm like, but you, the compulsion is so strong, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced that. You're all looking at me like, golly, why is she speaking here today? But it's okay. It's okay. I go directly to Hap, which is a really good thing to do when these things start stirring, okay? And I said to you, I don't know what's happening, but I am like, like lusting after so-and-so. And he looks at me, and in typical Hap fashion, he goes, why? He's not even cute. <laughs> okay when we got serious about it and we said lord what is happening you know he's so good he so wants to reveal he so wants to empower us to live his way he's not some mean father well let's see if you can figure it out it's like no and so he he spoke and he said well Di, you know you you Basically, we're worshiping the God of pride and self-sufficiency. And so I just lifted my grace off your marriage. And now let's see how faithful you can be. Wow. Trust me, I repented immediately. <laughs> and then uh, and, and the Spirit left. But it was, that changed my life about a lot of things. That I can't go for one second without the grace of God. I can't go for one millisecond without his empowering presence to enable me to be the daughter he has died and risen again for me to be. Okay? So we need... Yes, that's right. Well, it's so important to see the biblical picture. And I want to make sure I give enough emphasis to our King, Jesus. Because you can leave a message like today and you can think... You know, there's a demon under every rock. They're going to get me I'm like, no, no, I rebuke that right now. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> okay, So, the biblical picture, first of all, I want to say this, and you already know this as a church. Well, I want to say this about your church. You have an incredible call on you as a church. I don't, we don't say that many places, Happy and I, but we've been a lot of places and we've lived a long time in the vineyard and around the world. But I want you to know there's such a call, there's such a call on this church. The Father is speaking some hard things to you because the Father has incredible designs for you. He has already ordained the influence you're going to have in this community and beyond in the businesses, the schools, the hospitals, the marketplaces, the families. He's ordained and you can join in or not. You can worship the only true God or you can keep worshiping the other gods. But i am telling you, disobedience is dangerous. Okay, so, this is the good news. I'm going to focus on Jesus. Because when we look at salvation, so much of what is preached, not a criticism, is salvation is just this transaction, right? Believe Jesus died for your sins, rose again, confess with your mouth, you are saved, that's 100% true, and then you'll go to heaven someday. And it's just this awesome transaction oh trust me there's so much more involved you know if all jesus had to do was be born live a little while and die on a cross and shed some blood i mean why didn't he just shed his blood as a baby oh there's a much bigger mission involved which we don't have time to get into but we are going to look at what the scripture has to say because you know our salvation i'm going to ephesians but i'm using the um Passion Translation, so it'll be up on the screen. Our salvation is a major deliverance from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That was a lightning bolt. (laughs) Kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, okay? And Jesus not only shed his blood for our sins, he shed his blood to defeat Satan and all the hosts of the evil realm. And that's very significant. Okay, so let's look at what it has to say Uh, in Ephesians. Let's see, I'm in Ephesians 2. And verse 2. This is Paul writing It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the, say it with me, dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Wow. All of us. Hopefully, none of us still are, but we've been ensnared by other gods. The dark ruler of the earthly realm. We need supernatural help, right? More than just some transaction. Let's go on. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead, doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. I'm going to go on to the next verse. He raised us up with Christ the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. See, we're we're not subject to that dark earthly realm anymore. In the spirit, we have ascended on high. We now have the authority of the heavenly realm. Why? For we are now co-seated as one with Christ we need to see ourselves that way that we are one with our God we're not gods we are sons and daughters but we are one we are clean righteous holy sons daughters of the almighty God who are seated with him with all authority we don't have to be worried we do have to be aware okay why because they're defeated but not departed no God loved us so much he delivered us he delivered us not just from our sins, but from Satan and all the evil forces. And now we are one with him, we have his authority. Well, how does that like play out in our lives? Well, uh, I'm gonna explain that in a moment, but let's watch one last clip, okay?
2: <laughs> and this is where the story of Jesus picks up. He said he was here to rescue the world and take it back from the rebels. Which rebels, the human ones or the spiritual ones? Exactly. For Jesus, it was all connected. When he marched into Jerusalem for Passover, he was announcing the ultimate exodus. He was there to confront and overcome all rebel powers and
3: authorities, and he did it by giving up his life. So this is what the apostle Paul meant when he said that Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities, triumphing over them by the cross. Yes. Jesus condemned our evil by allowing the rebels to
2: unleash all their hate and evil on him. But then he overcame it with the power of his love and resurrection life. And then Jesus told his followers that all authority in heaven and earth now belongs to him. Yeah, the ultimate human and divine partner. This is really good news. Yeah, and it's why the apostles started inviting everyone to give their allegiance to the risen Jesus. To discover freedom
3: and a new way to be human. Now, while Jesus gained a decisive victory over the rebel powers, he didn't destroy them. They're still around, causing problems. Yes, and in fact,
2: they are the problem. The apostles said that humanity's real enemy is never another human. Rather, it's the spiritual powers that animate our cultural
3: idols that inspire hatred, division, and violence. Ah, So when I see people hurting other people, (laughs) behind it is the divine counsel gone rogue. How do you deal
1: with this kind of enemy? Well, you'll have to listen to the next message in the series. <laughs> How do you deal with it? Which, of course, is all of the instructions that Paul gives us concerning spiritual warfare out of an identity place, out of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. But Jesus has some really important instructions. For those of us, I'm going to go back now just to conclude, where. He first said to his disciples, I've given you all authority, okay? And that was back in Luke 10. And then, of course, he went to the cross and defeated the enemy and now said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go. But he gave us some important instructions about that authority because I think, you know, We can become crazy charismatics, you know, like, yes, I cast out this, I take authority over that. And that's actually not the way it works at all. Again, it has to stay firmly rooted in the identity we have as sons and daughters of God. He said it this way in that same passage, Luke 10. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, he said, oh, Father, thank you for you are, say it with me, Lord supreme over heaven and earth. See, the disciples were all excited. The demons are subject to us. And then Jesus is like, okay, hold your horses. Let's know who is Lord over heaven and earth. And then Jesus goes on. For Father, you have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud are wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, that is what pleases your heart in the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom, and this is what it's all about, to give to those who become like trusting children. See, it's not like being some big spiritual giant. It's like trusting Children. And what's one thing in addition to love from your children that we all want from children? Obedience. Thank you. Obedience. Obedience. We live in a crazy culture, both in the church and outside the church. You know, people have taken the message, this glorious message of grace, that our sins are forgiven past, present, future, that we are a new creation. And then people are like, well, I guess I get to live however I want. Well, you can if you wanna let all the forces of evil observe who do you worship. Do you worship the God of sex, money, power, selfishness? I mean, there's a whole host of demons behind and they can't read your mind, but they can listen to what comes out of your mouth. They can see your attitude and activity. Are you truly worshiping the one true God? and he doesn't tell us that again to be a spoil sport he says if you love me obey me i actually know best be like a trusting child worship only me don't give any don't give any room to the enemy at all that doesn't mean we live in fear in paralysis none of that but he is a faithful father he's warning us let me show you the way to walk. Let me fill you afresh again with my very own presence and being so that you're not left alone. You can be a trusting child who just obeys me and loves me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Why? Because he has a big job for us. He's sending us as he sent Jesus. He's sending us to... Show the world this is what God looks like, and we have his authority. In the name of Jesus, we can set you free from those demonic strongholds in your life. We can speak to those sicknesses. We can even raise the dead. We can announce to you all your sins are forgiven. Why? Jesus is Lord and King. And that's the message we are sent, we are trusted with. Let's worship the only true God, and him only shall we serve. Let's stand. been very convicted as we came through this whole series. Putty Putman who many of you know from our school of kingdom Kingdom ministry put the message series together and we preached it as a team but obedience cuts off evil powers. Now that's not a legalistic statement that's just reiterating what Jesus said if you love me obey me. How's that possible? Well, that same Jesus lives in you. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. That wasn't just for ministry. That was all of life, okay? And that same Jesus lives in all of you, and if he doesn't, I want you to bow your knee to him today and let him give you a brand new heart, a brand new nature ready to be inhabited by him so that you can have the power and love and life to live what he has in store for you. No, disobedience is dangerous. I'm going to invite you today. For those of you, I believe some of you are, you're persisting in disobedience. You're, you, you are. And you're, you're like spitting in the face of the cross the blood that was shed to defeat the enemy, to give you freedom and new life. You're like despising the grace of God. Don't do it another moment. So if there's an area of your life, we mentioned the gods of money, you know, then that can be for those who are rich or poor. It doesn't matter. Gods of sex, that rampant in our culture, and you all know it. Gods of pleasure. Gods of power which manifests with jealousy and judgment. There's so many. But just any area that the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, if there's any, any God that any of us are bowing down to other than you, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your revelation. I thank you for revealing again to us the righteousness that we are in your eyes. And I ask for grace today any and all to repent, to make a fresh start today, to see the world as you see it, and then to walk in the truth by the power of your Holy Spirit. So if you do want to acknowledge just a a turning, a repentance from worshiping another God, You know, it's a lot more serious than just making a bad choice. Why? Because they can see, they're there, they're holding you in in bondage. But Jesus is ready to set you free. So let's have the ministry team come, and they'll be ready to greet people. And Hap, did you have other? Just to
2: Uh, to back up a little bit what Di said, this church has an amazing call. Di and I get into lots of churches. Van and Lori have done amazing. This young team has come on. even have kind of a middle-aged guy over here on the keyboard. Uh, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: But at the risk of offending him, my favorite band is your old man. <laughs> and I'm old, so I like that older band. So, But seriously, if you're going to do what Di is talking about, this is going to take the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to Um, let the Spirit come up and refresh you as you start on this journey. So if you want ministry, um, I'll let her give the instructions.
1: And of course, we'll pray for anything, this whole ministry team, which doesn't have to be a a repentance from what I'm talking about. If you just want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, if you, you want to actually receive Jesus as your King, your God, the one and only God, or if you need healing, I'm going to pray, and then you can make your way forward, okay? Don't, don't leave today with your allegiance to another God. His mercy is here today. His forgiveness is here today. His love is here today. So, Father, I thank you. I pray that you give grace to people to, to say yes to you for a fresh start. Uh, for those, Lord, I know you, you know who they are. They know who they are. And I thank you for visiting them with that grace to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. So make your way forward. Our team will pray with you with confidentiality, and it won't take long. And I think some children probably need to be picked up. So uh, go ahead, Lori. Yes. Thank you, Di. Whoa, that's amazing.
0: Whoa. I just... I want, I want you to know that I am reading this book, The Unseen Realm. This is accessible. You can learn more by reading that book. And it's just opened my eyes to a scripture all over the place that's talking about this. So thank you for coming. Please come up and receive today. And have a great Thanksgiving. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.